Welcome to the Rialto Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Fitzpatrick. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur looking to have a thriving business, you've come to the right place. We cover the best marketing, growth, and business tips sprinkled with a little bit of mindset to keep you motivated. Stop working in your business and start working on your business. Hi, I am Tim Fitzpatrick with Rialto Marketing, and today I am super excited to have with me a guest. I've got Brad Holbrook with the Peak Catalyst Group with me. Brad, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to chat. Hey, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think as business owners, you know, a lot of us have a tendency of falling into the trap of working on the urgent, the fires that pop up. And we really need to focus on on the important. And I know that that is one of the many things that you do to help business owners get from where they are to where they want to be. But before we get into some of these questions that I want to fire away at you, just tell us a little bit more, you know, about you, you know, your experience, and and how you help customers. Yeah, Tim. So I um, I have a long corporate career um, spanning about twenty years at PricewaterhouseCoopers, GE, and Western Union. In the last six years. I've, been, I've had the opportunity to help a lot of different entrepreneurial enterprises, small businesses, larger businesses. And I think, yeah, I really enjoy that work because I love to do my best, have an impact on people. Our mantra is achieve a better tomorrow. So I'm constantly trying to achieve a better tomorrow myself. And I love to help my clients achieve a better tomorrow. And sometimes I get an opportunity to just impact people on a personal level as well. So that's really fulfilling. But I would say that, um, you know, some of the things that we help them with, really, uh, a lot of our clients struggle sometimes with um, maybe being overwhelmed with their business. A lot of people get into business ownership and entrepreneurship as a way to um, have more freedom or create wealth or those yeah. kinds of things, have more control of their lives. And sometimes they find themselves, all of a sudden, they feel like they're being owned by their business instead of them owning their business. Yeah. And so, um, you know, sometimes that manifests itself in the way in, in the form of maybe not enough cash or not enough freedom of time or feeling like they just never have time and they're running around putting fires out all the time. So those are the things that I would say that we deal with the majority of the time and the things that I'm the most passionate about. Awesome. So that kind of leads into and I think may have touched on when you start to work with clients, what are some of those most common problems that you see them struggling with? Yes, I'd say that, um, I guess, again, I think the number one thing is people, people want to know that they have enough cash on hand and enough and, a, and predictable cash flow. So I think that's the number one thing. I mean, I always say that, you know, without, you know, without cash as a business, you're dead. And yeah. so you can only last so long if you, if you don't know how to generate that cash and how to have predictable cash flow. And so that's important. The other thing that's important, I think, is just from a being the best you can possibly be perspective, we need to feel like that we have the freedom in our minds and the freedom of our time to be able to put our time and our energy in, the, in, in terms of the highest and best use of our time. And so a lot of times it's cash, but it's also the time and really the time's almost more important than cash actually. But I think that a lot of times people, once they get really into their business, they start reacting and it becomes such an ad hoc thing for a lot of business owners and, and executives too, for that matter, 
but we start reacting to all these little things where we find ourselves putting out fires all day long, every day. And, and sometimes you think, well, this is just going to be a today thing. And then today turns into this week and this week turns into this month. And then the months yeah. turn into this year. And before you know it, you just feel like I've lost complete control over what's going on here. Yeah. And now my strategy and my vision, the thing that I wanted to accomplish by business ownership or entrepreneurship kind of goes out the window sometimes. And you kind of end up going down this path. Maybe you didn't completely intend on going down. So I'd say it's, it's cash, it's loss of those things. It's, it's maybe more of a feeling of chaos. Yeah. And honestly, I believe that impacts people on a personal level from their ability to um, you know, feel at peace mentally and in the relationships and all those kinds. So it kind of can steal a lot from your life. So I think it's just really the cash, the loss of, of maybe control might not be the best word, but at least being able to be intentional, mindful, strategic in the things that you're doing within your business and in your personal life. Yeah, yeah. And I, just so to make it clear to anybody that's tuning in, we have all been in that position. I mean, at some point we feel like our business is running us rather than we are running our business. You know, so it is super common problem. We all struggle with that and it's okay to struggle with that, right? It, to me, it's part of the process um, because I think the plan that we all start our business with is not the plan that gets us to where we want to be, right? It's just a starting point. That's right. Yeah, what's so, the saying is um, plans are nothing, planning is everything. Yeah, and yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, I struggle too with, with the same thing. I have to hold myself to a sort of level of discipline to make sure that we have the status meetings, we have the check-ins, we're looking at the scorecards. And it's so easy to get caught up in that day-to-day -day and, and deprioritize those things that you should be focused on. Yeah. On. It's just really, but you know, I sort of get the analogy sometimes. It's sort of like, you know, the reason why people, businesses need help with these kinds of things is the same reason why we might hire, hire a personal trainer at the gym. I mean, I know how to go use the treadmill or the elliptical machine or uh, lift weights, those kinds of things. But on my own, sometimes I will put that off because something else more important comes, comes up, et cetera, or else I go in there and I'm just, doing stuff and I don't, I don't really have a real strategy or plan, but if I hire a personal trainer, now he or she develops a plan for me, a strategy for me based on my goals. And I know that I'm going and meeting with that person to achieve that goal and they're going to kind of help to guide me. And so now it kind of creates a little structure, some boundaries, what I might call a control mechanism. Yeah. I'm putting that control mechanism in place where I know I'm meeting that, that personal trainer at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to do the things I need to do to achieve my goals. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's a lot easier for us to accomplish what we want to when we have accountability, which, which is lacking in, for a lot, Absolutely. Of, a lot of business owners. So what types of tips do you have to, to help folks solve these, these common problems? You know, when you come into a business, how do you, how do you approach it? And what kind of tips might you be able to offer that, that would help somebody listening? Yeah, so we, we help businesses in four different areas. Um, the four different areas are one is the plan, planning area, planning of the business, the vision and all that. We help them in the area of process and of people and of financial health. But the two things that I think are the most important really are, I mean, number one, I think that financial health is, is the number, number one thing. I mean, you have to have a foundation of financial health. And so you need to, bottom line is you need to know your numbers. Right. So if you don't know your numbers, 
you need to get to know your numbers. And so that means having predictable financials, financials that you know, um, and financials that you know are accurate, really, is yeah. the bottom line. And you don't want to kid yourself. You want to be realistic with the numbers that you're seeing. So I think that if you don't know your numbers, get to know your numbers. Make sure you dig into QuickBooks or whatever system you're using or make good friends with your CPA or bookkeeper and make sure that you're generating those reports on a monthly basis so you know where you stand as a business financially. The second thing I think is important is really process. I mean, process to me is everything. That's how a business scales and grows. If you don't have predictable processes, then you're going to have unpredictable results. And so I think you need to have a process that's unified or documented, that's followed by everybody, that has a clear owner, and that's measured. And so I think you know that's, that's saying a lot of things. But I think if, if nothing else, if you can just write down the key business processes that you have, and, and then if beyond that is write down the, the major steps that you need to follow within each process, um, and that those are the two things I think. I mean, you know, and then the third thing really I believe is to document the vision, the strategy that you're employing as a business. So, so really get that on the on a piece of paper. If you just want to make it simple, write down your three year goal, the three year goals for your business. Where do you want? Where do you see yourself in three years? Not just from a financial perspective, maybe a people perspective, maybe how many customers you've served, maybe how many locations you have, what's your geographic footprint, etc. And then. Once you have your three years down, then write down, where do I need to be in one year that, that puts me on the path to hit that three years? So I think those are the yeah. three things I would say that are good tips to really get people down. Know your numbers, know your processes, and write down your goals. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing that is impacting business owners from getting out of their business and being able to work on it is that process step. You know, it's so easy for us to, to, when we're working in our business, to just be like, oh my God, it's going to take me more time to put down the, this process or this procedure and send it to have somebody else do it than it is for me to just do it right now. That's but what right. people don't realize is if you spend the hour now to do that, the, the amount of time that you get back long-term is exponential, right? And That's so right. It, I think... That out of those three tips are awesome. The one that is really going to get people off the treadmill is the process. You have to take yourself out of the process. Yeah. You know, as long as you are in the process, you do not have a scalable business. You're you're so right. I tell you, whenever I go into clients and they have process issues, they want me to help them with process. They they know they want to get their processes good, right? Yeah. The, the business owners, executives, and even the workers, really, like they know they need to have a good process in place. But the problem is nobody wants to do the work to put it in place. And so it's always more fun to do the client-facing thing or just get it done and move on. I don't have the time for the process thing. There's something more important coming up. Yeah. And so I think you're right. It's um, you, know, you get a good process in place. Like I said, those, those three to four things, you need to have a process documented, defined and documented, right? Yeah. You need to have a process that's followed by everybody, all the stakeholders in that process. Yeah. You need to follow that process. You need to measure the process and you need to have a clear owner of that process. I think if you can get those, th even if the process isn't perfect, if you can just get those bases covered, now you can start to enhance or optimize that. And then that allows you to get some scalability and growth. Yeah. And um, I just think it pays dividends for years to come, really. I mean, as in the, the future, the business depends on it, if you ask. Because what I say is, if you have chaos in a business, meaning you don't have unified processes, 
you can only manage chaos to the level of your own capacity, and that's it. Yeah. So I can only juggle so many plates at one time, just based on the hours I have or the, the mental capacity I have. So you're only going to be able to manage that chaos to a certain level. Then you're going to be running up against a brick wall. And now I can't grow beyond my own ability to manage the chaos. So it's important to eliminate the chaos or reduce the chaos. And that comes in the form of process. Yeah, totally agree. So what, when you can solve these problems that we've been talking about for a business, what benefits do they start to see? I mean, what happens within, within the business and frankly for the, for the business owner themselves? What happens? Well, I think they, usually what I see is, is a sense of, well, number one, I think it's a sense of excitement, of, of the passion again. Of I see that three-year vision, I see the three-year, um, you know, sort of strategic objectives that I'm heading towards, and and then I see the one year, and I, and when you start to put together that roadmap, because really I'm leaving a lot of steps out here, but of when you when you get to that when you get those goals and you get you put together that entire roadmap that gets them to those goals, and they can see the path to get there, well, it becomes a matter now of I just got to execute, yeah. and so I think I see a sense of excitement with. The business owners, number one, and I think that's that's important, and a sense of really sort of relief that they that they don't feel like they're trying to manage all this chaos that I'm talking about, and they feel like they have they have a plan, right? They have a plan in place, and plans will be broken, of course, like we talked about before. But the planning part of it is so important because now when we come back together on a regular basis and we tweak and adjust based on economic conditions or whatever the case may be. At least we have that structure. We have that roadmap that we're executing against. And so I think it's excitement. It's a sense of relief. And the other thing that, I, that I've noticed a lot is really the people, their people resources on the team tend to get more engaged because yeah. they feel like that they see where we're heading. I mean, all of us have, a, uh, I think, a desire to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And so when we feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves, and I can see how my role ties to that bigger thing, then a lot of times that results in more employee engagement, more passion about my job, because now I know how I'm going to impact the vision of that business. And hopefully that's going to be a win for the business, a win for me and, you know, win for our customers as well. And so I think that um, that really helps with that. And, and I think that, you know, the biggest thing that's maybe hard to measure is when you have a lack of employee engagement. And so I call it leaving your brain at the door. I mean, if your employees are showing up and they're leaving their brain at the door, then you're leaving. Then there's a lot of money left on the table, yeah. because now they're not bringing their full engagement, their full brain capacity to do everything they can for their job, because they don't. Maybe they don't care. They don't see how their job ties to the big vision, or they're not excited about the vision. They're not excited about the the plans or the path that we're headed on as a business. So, yeah. I think there's a lot of benefits overall, and then obviously the benefit of more cash as well, more cash flow, and mm-hmm. obviously the more financially healthy a business is the more opportunity there is to invest, reinvest in the business or have that freedom that you, you, you desire personally as a business owner and as, as an executive in the company. Yeah, I love that. And it's I, the part of that that really resonates with me is, is having that plan. People don't realize how freeing having a plan is. You know, from a marketing perspective, we're always talking about you've got to have a plan. It doesn't have to be this you know, in-depth 20-page plan, frankly, I think the simplest plans are the best because they're easier to follow and you know that it's going to change, you know, but having a plan 
is freeing because it gives you focus. You don't have to get distracted on, hey, this is the coolest thing. You need to be doing this. No, I don't need to be doing that because it's not in my plan. That's Maybe right. it'll be in my plan at some point in the future, but this is the plan I'm following right now, and this is what I'm going to execute on. And I can't tell you how freeing that is, and it just the focus that it gives you as a business owner is is amazing. Yeah, Tim, I think that's a that's a great point. Um, I think what I run across a lot of times in terms of resistance, sometimes when people are resisting putting a process in place or a plan in place, is they feel like that. Sometimes the resistance is I, the, they say, well, this is an extra layer of bureaucracy. We don't need to yeah. <laughs> need to incorporate in our business. And what I think is if you have a process that feels bureaucratic, then I think you, ha- you don't have a good process in place. I think yeah. if you have a good process in place, it should create the freedom that you're talking about. Because now I don't have to really think about it and worry about it, right? It's just, it's just back to the personal trainer thing. Yeah. I don't need to worry about my workout. I don't have to go f- sort out a workout program online and figure out, does that work for me? Do I have the right equipment? I can just, I have a process in place. I, I know the trainer is going to take care of it. So I just trust that trainer and I got to show up and bring my energy, bring my mindset and work hard. And, and it's all going to work out. I think that's the same thing. We hire a process, if you will. We hire a process, we hire a plan because we want to achieve a certain goal. And so we develop that and hire that to be able to take that burden off of us and create the freedom that we're looking for, the, the extra mind space, et cetera. So one of the things that you and I have talked about a few times that you, that you are really helping clients with right now as we all kind of figure out, hey, what's, what's business going to look like as we deal with this pandemic and all the other things that are going on in, in our world right now? And we, we talked about it as this disaster response playbook. Tell me a little bit more about what you're doing in that and how, how it's helping business owners work through this and kind of figure out their direction during this time. Yeah, so uh, thanks for asking, Tim. So, I mean, in addition to the, regular, the typical work we do with clients, when the coronavirus hit in March and as it started to, to get more serious there towards the end of March, beginning of April, and we started locking down people and locking down businesses, et cetera, I mean, the business owners I, I work with tend to you know, start getting really worried, right? I mean, because yeah. really their livelihood is on the line here. Their business is on the line. In a lot of cases, what they've worked for their entire life is on the line. Yeah, And so it can create a lot of angst, a lot of worry, and justifiably so. And so I think that, um, you know, whenever, whenever I look at this, whenever I started thinking about this and started talking to them and thinking through with them how we can really help, um, I started thinking about it two ways, right? I mean, when we're, when we're playing defense, we're, we're in a defensive posture. By, by, by implication, that means we're getting attacked, yeah. I'm defending myself against attack. That's what defense means, right? So when I'm playing defense, I'm getting attacked. And when I'm getting attacked and I'm worried about defending myself, it's hard to make forward progress when Absolutely. I'm defending myself, right? So whenever I'm playing offense, I'm on the move. And somebody else is, I mean, getting attacked probably is the, ro- the wrong term, but I'm on the, I'm on the move. I'm, on, I'm playing yeah. offense. I'm making gains. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to do those two things at the same time. And so what I've done with, with several clients is, develop this disaster response playbook. So really what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, okay, let's, let's define and put in a box what the playbook is from a disaster response perspective. And once we define those things, now I don't need to worry about it because I have the plan in place. 
I have what my response is going to be when certain things happen. And so now that I have that defined and I know what I'm going to do, I can just start to play offense. Yes. And maybe that means pivoting with the services or the products I have and offering them in a different way in the marketplace. Maybe that means doing something completely different. Maybe it means offering additional services to the clients I already have. But whatever that growth side is, I can focus on playing offense because I have the defense defined. And so what that means really is we're looking at, you know, we're really getting down and understanding cash that goes out the door every month. And then we're kind of saying, okay, what's your comfort level between that and the cash I have on hand in the bank? What's the comfort level that really you can get from there, the number of months of life you have left and ca cash life? Right. So um, once I understand that, then I can develop, as a business owner, I can develop what's my comfort level. How many months of life makes me feel comfortable? And so we've really typically broken it down to three different phases. So phase one is, well, I'm starting to get a little nervous. And so since I'm starting to get a little nervous because of that cash difference there, I'm going to cut these things or I'm going to take these actions. Yeah. And then from there, that frees up cash. So that increases my cash life based on phase one. Phase two is like, well, it's getting a lot more nervous. I'm, I'm getting a, a lot more nervous right now. We need to get a lot more serious about our, our reaction. So now we have defined, well, now in addition to the phase one actions, I'm going to do these phase two actions. And that gives me even more cash. You know, my cash life extends my cash life. Yeah. Then the third phase really is we're throwing everything overboard. If we don't, the ship's sinking kind of yeah. thing because we're dead. We're going to run out of cash in a certain whatever period of time. And so we're really kind of going through with those business owners, defining those three different phases. What's the, what, what triggers those phases in terms of cash flow? And then what's my response? What's their response going to be in each of those phases to really just say now, okay, I have a plan. And, and what's more important than that really is, is we got to define that. We also have to have what I call a control mechanism. So what's the point in time every month where we're going to review this yeah. and we're going to be like, hey, well, this is our plan. This is what we're going to execute if we hit this level. So now once we put those two things in place, the response playbook and then the control mechanism and how we're reviewing the cash, now I don't need to really worry about it. Now I can yeah. shift to my growth piece and how do I pivot? How do I take advantage of there certain needs that are not being met in the marketplace where I can go meet those needs. I mean, I think there's opportunities in every economic environment. So yeah. this one is, is no different. And so that's what we're doing with some of our clients to really kind of help them now feel less worry, less yeah. concern, and feel like I have a plan in place. I can put all my energy on playing offense and not worry about the defense. Yeah. So they're having this plan in place is putting them in this position where they're not they're they're not playing not to lose right which is yes. never a winning strategy and it helps them get into a position where they can figure out how to play to win absolutely yeah okay. cool. yeah and i, I love, love that it. and it's so important from a mindset perspective i tell you what i play golf a lot and anytime i i try to work on my mental frame of mind before i go play golf because if i'm getting ready to hit a shot and I just think, man, I hope I don't shank it over there in the junk somewhere. Then more than likely, I That's shank it. it over there in the junk somewhere. That's but if it. I step up to the ball and I'm thinking, how close can I get it to the pen? Yeah. Then it seems like I, I tend to just hit better shots whenever I think that way. So I think it's what you're just talking about. It's like a mindset of how much am I, how how well can I win versus how much can I not lose? I mean, it's yeah. two completely different mindsets. And sometimes we it ends up being sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy because we just don't have our mindset the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that analogy. I, I mountain bike, same thing, right? They always say, don't focus on 
where you don't want to go, focus on where you want to go. Because inevitably, if you're focusing on, on the rock off to the right or how you can fall off, <laughs> that's what happens. So totally get it, and I love it. Brad, this has been awesome, man. I really love the, uh, the information we talked about, and I think a lot of people are going to get a ton of value out of it. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, I'd say um, go to our, you can go to our website, peakcatalystgroup.com. Feel free to send me an email, bradley at peakcatalystgroup.com. And then also we're, we're active on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. That's our main platform that we're active on. So search for Bradley Holbrook, Peak Catalyst Group, and you should be able to find us on LinkedIn. We'd love to engage with folks. Um, if anybody has any questions, thoughts, comments, feel free to send me a, a note on LinkedIn or email address. I'd be happy to um, reach back out to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for tuning in. I am Tim Fitzpatrick with Rialto Marketing. Just remember, marketing your business shouldn't be a challenge. All you need is a plan. So till next time, take care. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Rialto Marketing Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us and how we help businesses grow or simply check out the show notes, visit us on the web at www rialtomarketing.com that's www.rialtomarketing.com